Today we're getting right back into our Blame Game Victim Series. And uh, the title of today's message is A Heart That Is Looking for Payback. Guilt says, I owe you. Anger says, you owe me. And why do we get angry? We get angry when we don't get what we want. And while that may seem like a, an elusive idea, it's a very important one. And uh, you may not agree with it right away. Um, but let me say it again. Anger is the result of our not getting something that we want. And uh, that something that we want may very well include something that we deserve. And after all, who doesn't want what they think they deserve? And, and again, you may not agree with this idea, uh, or maybe you don't understand it right away. So let me just put forth a, a, a simple um, illustration that uh, may uh, uh, shed some light on, on this idea. Dave worked many, many hours of overtime in order to convince his boss to consider him for a management position, a promotion. Uh, it was a management position that was opening it up in his northeastern, uh, in his company's northeastern division. And at that, at the time, he and his wife were living out in San Diego and they really liked it there. But his wife's family lived in New York and she was expecting, uh, she was pregnant with their first child. So landing this promotion, had personal as well as professional ramifications and benefits. And uh, things started to look really promising, and uh, the director of the, of the Northeast Division retired, as, uh, as Dave's boss had uh, told him uh, he would. And uh, his boss also assured him that he was in the running for the position. Dave and his wife's friends and family were all praying that it would work out. Then something very strange happened. Dave's boss one day walked into his office, sat down, and announced that he had asked to be assigned to a position in New York. Dave couldn't believe it. I mean, his boss never indicated any interest in moving. And what was worse than that was the fact that he was encouraging Dave for months to go after this job. Two weeks later, a uh, company-wide announcement came um, stating that Dave's boss had been selected to run the Northeast Division. And as you might imagine, Dave was angry. Now, why did he get angry? Because he didn't get what he wanted. Now, wait a minute, you may say. That's not a fair uh, characterization. He was mad because he felt he deserved the promotion, and he was also angry because his boss had misled him. And set him up for a big disappointment. And you would be right in uh, both those counts. Dave did think he deserved the job. He also thought he deserved uh, to have his boss uh, speak truthfully with him. The point is, he didn't get either one of the things he desired or wanted. And uh, we're not saying that Dave shouldn't have been mad. But even in this type of situation where his anger is seemingly justified, it, royal, it really boils down to the fact that he didn't get what he wanted. And if you think about a time when you were really angry 
And if if you really give it some serious thought, it, it, you would see that the entire situation that you were going through could have been reduced to one simple idea. You wanted something and you didn't get it. In other words, you didn't get what you were convinced you, you deserved. And uh, this can be interpreted very simply. Somebody owed you. Now, if we run this same situation, this scenario, through the abandoned family uh, situation that we talked about in uh, another series, in, in another uh, episode, uh, it, it, this idea would become even clearer because chances are you may know of some somebody who whose father ran off with another woman. I mean, this is a pretty common thing, unfortunately, in today's America uh, and in today's world. So um, chances are you do know someone who, who's gone through this. And the odds, the odds would be pretty good that those people have or have had, had or have had some anger issues. And that would be something that to, would be expected. Something was taken from them. Dad made off with their opportunity to have a normal family. He stole the family unit. Now, a, a, a child or an adult coming out of that kind of situation has every right to be angry. He or she has something stolen from them. Somebody owes them. And in this case, it was their dad. But what if dad convinces the kids that he had to leave because of something the mom had done? Then the mom owes them too. The double whammy. So now we have the dad and the mom owing them. And if you show me an angry person, I'll show you a hurt person. And uh, I can almost guarantee you that the person is hurt because something had been taken from them. Somebody owes them something. And if nothing else, they're owed an apology. And uh, we all know folks whose anger could have been verbalized in one of the following ways. You stole my reputation. You stole my family. You stole my first marriage. You owe me a raise. You owe me an opportunity to try. You owe me affection. I mean, the list goes on and on, and I'm sure you've heard this and many more like this. So, again, here's the point. The root of anger is the perception that something has been taken. Something is owed you, and now... The infamous debt-to-debtor relationship has been established. And it's easy to believe that the only remedy for our anger is payback. And after all, that's how we settle debts, isn't it? What other option is there? And if there was some other way around the debt, that wouldn't be fair. People ought to pay what they owe. And to cancel a debt is to let the guilty party off the hook. They need to pay. Otherwise, they will probably turn around and hurt someone else. We've seen examples of that all the time as well, where somebody gets their debt gets canceled and they turn around and uh, do the same thing to someone else. So, you know, there's a parable of the forgiving servant. Yeah, that, that that's a great parable. That's in our gems. If you look, go into our gems, you'll see that one, the merciful parable of the merciful servant. Um, the irony is that in most cases, 
their perceived debt is something that can never be paid. I mean, how do you pay your 22-year-old son back for not being there for him when he was 12? It's impossible. It can't be done. And, uh, you know, I started off by saying that it's irony, uh, but actually this would be, this is a tragedy. It's tragic because people spend much of their lives waiting for debts to be paid that cannot be paid. The opportunity to make things right is, is long gone, but what remains is the anger. And what happens, unfortunately, in many cases, is that anger intensifies and then it spreads. And uh, anger, like the other four viruses that we're going to be discussing in this um, in this series, uh, it, it refuses to remain isolated or or appropriately focused. And if anger is lodged in your gets lodged in your heart, then before long. Uh, you come to believe that everybody owes you. And uh, this is why we characterize certain men and women as angry persons. It seems that they're angry, angry all the time and, and with just about everybody. It, it, it has become part of their personality. They're just angry. And their wrath is not uh, reserved for just the, the offending party. It's really reserved for anyone, anyone that comes near them. They are equal opportunity avengers. And uh, the closer you get, the more likely it is that you're going to get hurt. And when that happens, you'll find yourself asking, what did I do to deserve that? The answer, of course, is you didn't let them have their way. That's all it takes. And I'm sure... You ever had, you may have had dealings with someone who was extremely angry. I mean, I can't see how we could go through life without, uh, without this because there are just so many angry people in this world. And if, if you, if you've had dealings with someone who's very, very angry, you've noticed something is that the one thing is that nothing you do would ever, ever pleases them. And, um, even if you let them have their way, you don't let them have their way exactly the way they wanted it. So you still catch some aggravation. Extremely angry people have already decided you won't get it right before you even try. They can't let you get it right. Otherwise, they would lose their excuse to stay angry. And isn't that the truth? How many people do you know, angry people do you know, that... This is their this is the this is their way of life. This is part of who they are. Uh, their excuse to stay angry is their reason for living, and we they can't let that happen. Sick, you say? Sure, but to them, anger is a heart disease. People with anger lodging their hearts are sick, and sick people act sick. Anger is a heart disease. Now let's turn this around a little bit. I've been speaking to you as if you are the victim, as if you may know rather than be the person with an angry heart. Now, if you're not quite sure which one you are, then just ask the people closest to you. Ask them if they think that you have anger issues. Now you may already know what they're going to say or want to say. So in those cases, you, it, it probably makes no sense uh, to even ask. 
But if there's even a sneaking suspicion, or if you're not sure, then go ahead and ask them. And as they, as your friends and family respond, listen at two different levels. Listen to what they're saying, but then more importantly, listen to what you are feeling. Chances are, the words will stir your heart. And now, this is very important. It is when our hearts are stirred that we become most aware of what they contain. Now, for some reason, if they pause before they answer, there is a good chance that they're afraid to tell you the truth. And you may, you may say, what are they going to be afraid of? Why are they afraid of telling me the truth? Well, if that's the case, why don't you ask them that also? But now here's the real test. If while they're, they're, they're being very careful in giving you an answer to your questions, uh, if they, during that time, if you feel like a volcano is slowly brewing inside of you, then you may have a problem. And also, if, if while they're making their case to you, answering your questions, then you, and you feel compelled to interrupt and defend, then that's probably an indication that you have a, a problem. If you find yourself wanting to just walk away or even run away, pay attention to that. If you find yourself getting angry at your friend for answering a question that you had asked them, then yeah, for sure, you have anger lodged in your heart. But never be discouraged because if that's the case, you've made an extraordinarily helpful discovery. And this discovery could very well set you on your way towards a healthy heart. And again, all four of the internal enemies, the invaders that we'll be looking at in this series, as all of them, anger gains its strength from secrecy. And exposing it is painful and powerful at the same time. And um, to be quite honest, if you discover that you're carrying a heart full of anger, uh, it won't come as a surprise to the people who love you most because they've known it for a long time. Even if you didn't know it, even if you weren't aware of it, they've known it. And chances are they've been praying that one day you would wake up and see it for yourself. Now, if you are a person suffering from this uh, common issue of anger, uh, I, I, I'm willing to bet that you have a story to tell. And it may be something that you've never shared with anybody, but I bet you got one. And it's probably a really good one. And a story that leaves no room for doubt as to the legitimacy of your anger. And you're, if you're one of the people who have never told your story, stop for a minute, stop for a minute and ask yourself, why haven't you? And people bump up against your anger and you are aware of that. Yet, you've never explained where all the energy is coming from. Why all this negative energy? And there's possibly some good insight into your hesitancy to tell your story. It probably goes back to something that uh, we talked about in uh, one of our other episodes. These monsters, these invaders of the heart cannot withstand the light of exposure. And when you, for you to tell your story would be to drag it out into the light. 
And then you know intuitively that bringing it out into the open would cause it to lose its potency, which means you would lose an excuse to stay angry. Wow, what a realization that is. And besides, the whole situation would be so uncomfortable that it's easier just to keep it to yourself. And if this is your situation, you have to realize that you may be one story away from a healthy heart. Can you see that by forcing yourself to bring your story to light, you may deal your anger a fatal blow? And that's really, that's really important because anger, and, and again, like the other invaders, the other enemies, they will, they like to work in secrecy. And when you expose it to light, that's when um, it can be defeated. Um, There's also part of your story may be that it's something that is so insignificant and, and may seem silly to you. Um, but guess what? Something small invaded your heart a long time ago and it got lodged there. Something silly, something insignificant, but it hid there in the dark. And in secrecy, it began to grow. And you see, again, that's the key. In secrecy... It will not just stay dormant. It will grow. And soon, the tentacles of whatever it, it was will wrap, it'll wrap themselves around your personality, your demeanor, your entire outlook on life. And um, you have to be smart enough to know that whatever it was that had happened did not justify your temperamental behavior. But now you're so embarrassed that you choose to keep it locked away. And in so doing this, uh, you continue to feed the anger to give it power. So why don't you just tell your story? What are you afraid of? Perhaps you know that telling the story will cause it to lose some of its potency. Again, we spoke about that. And if somebody heard your tale, they might suggest you just get over it, let it go. And you know that they would be right in that case. But... Again, your anger has become a part of you. This is so important. You are comfortable with it. You feel threatened by the very idea of letting it go. Wow. Your anger has become a part of you. It's so much a part of you that you're comfortable with it. You feel threatened by the very idea of letting it go. Anger becomes a part of you. You get comfortable with it. You feel threatened by the very idea of letting it go. Wow, uh, this is important stuff, people. This is really important stuff because these are things that um, we let go on and on and fester for years and years and years, and uh, we we end up we could end up ruining our lives over the and not only our lives but the people that are closest to us. Now, on the other hand, you may be one of those you may be kind of person who tells us your story every time you get a chance. You know, people like that. And you want to be understood, you enjoy the sympathy. And what you've learned is that people are willing to cut you a little bit more slack once they heard your tale of woe. Now, if this is not you, you can certainly, um, I'm willing to bet you could certainly identify someone who fits this description. Now, getting back to you. If this is you, you know that your story explains your propensity to overreact. 
to say things you later regret, to punish people whenever you get the opportunity, to lash out at those who fall short of your expectations. It accounts for your temper, your moodiness, and your unpredictable reactions. But if you want to be honest about it, from your perspective, your story not only explains your behavior, it justifies it. Your behavior is justified and you now have a crutch. It's a built-in excuse for everything you or others don't like about you. It's your crutch. You know that you don't act and react the way you should, but rather than do anything about it, you fall back on your story. After all, anybody who was raised the way you were, faced the hardship you faced, lived with the rejection and neglect you experienced, was abandoned at an early age as you were, has every reason, no right in the world to be the way you are. And that's true. We have, you have every right to be the way you are, but do you really want to remain this way? The question every angry man and woman needs to consider is, how long are you going to allow people you don't even like, people who you are no longer, who are no longer in your life, maybe even people who aren't even alive anymore to control your life, and how long do you expect them to do this? How long are you going to allow people to, to control your life, and some of them are not even alive anymore? How long? So, on a serious note, get out a calendar and pick a date. And that may sound ridiculous or silly, but what's ridiculous is to continue to allow people who, who have hurt you the most to influence your current and future relationships. That's not just silly, that is sick. And it's so important that people are suffering from this day and after day after day. Now, how do we discard the crutches? How long are you going to allow the people who have hurt you control your life? Another year? Another chapter? How long? You answer the question. The reason that question can be so frustrating is that we naively believe that we don't have any choice in the matter. And while it's true that you can't undo what has been done, it's equally true that you don't have to let the past control your future. We are going to, in this series, we're going to discuss in detail how to dislodge anger from your heart. But that information is not going to be helpful until you do uh, what you need to be, what you need to do. You need to first decide that you can be free. That's the first thing you have to do. Then you've got to quit using your story as an excuse. You got to discard the crutches, get rid of the crutches, throw them in the lake, throw them in the river, get rid of them, cut them down, use them as, use them as wood, use them as, uh, uh, firewood. Whatever you got to do, get rid of the crutches. The problem is, is that good excuses rarely collect dust. Now isn't that a truth? We use them and we use them and use them and use them. It's only you who could decide to discard your crutches, and it's something that you have to do. Remember, your story explains your behavior. It does not excuse it. And until you're willing to embrace this simple but annoying truth, you'll never flush the anger from its hidden lair in your heart. 
Besides, justifying your behavior by reciting your story gives ongoing power to the people who hurt you. So why continue giving, giving them that kind of leverage in your life? It's, it's, when you think about it, it's just a stupid thing to do. Sometimes we, we are just so stupid. Now, uh, uh, there is a, a good way to, uh, to use your story. Don't use it as an excuse, but as a testimony. A testimony to God's ability to free you from the past. And when you allow God to access that part of your heart that harbors your anger, something imo- uh, amazing will happen. And then your story will no longer explain your behavior. It will stand in stark contrast to it. Wow. And that's what we're looking for. That's what we're looking for. And uh, you probably know someone or more than one who always seem to have their act together. Someone who, who just moves through life with confidence, with grace, with with just a, a quiet kind of power. And uh, maybe you assume that this person had a kind of a, a seated past or grew up in a healthy family environment and uh, never hit any bumps along the way. Well, then you hear his or her story and it's almost unbelievable. You find yourself thinking, how could someone who grew up in that kind of painful environment turn out to be so perfect? And you see, that's what happens when a person quits using his story to justify his anger and instead allows God to do some heart surgery. Let me say that one again. This is a a wonderful realization. If you have a problem past, you can you can make a choice to turn out perfect. And this is what happens when a person quits using his story to justify his anger, instead allows God to do the heart surgery, do some heart surgery. You see, it's a choice. As in everything else in life, we have choices. So it's our choice to take what was painful and have it turn out to be perfect by allowing God, by choosing to allow God to do some heart surgery. So, what's the uh, verdict here? Um, do we have something to give up here? Perhaps you, perhaps you're, you're, you see your anger as an asset, as an ally. You've learned to leverage it again in certain situations in order to get your way. Or as you like to put it, to get things accomplished. You see, again, people will use that. You will use it uh, to get your way. And we have to give that up. You believe your anger makes you stronger. You think it makes you a better leader. That's a good one. Leaders sometimes... um, will will be will show anger issues will will treat their employees out of anger or with anger and then they think that that makes them a better leader well guess what um they also think that they are a more effective disciplinarian 
They are a more successful coach. All because they think this is coming from anger. And there is a, a, a part of it that your anger probably gives you energy at all times. And when harnessed and properly focused, it can be a powerful ally in certain situations. But it doesn't make you a more successful or effective leader. It certainly doesn't make you stronger. And uh, people who are forced to interact with you see it as a weakness or as a sickness. And again, like guilt, anger alienates us from other people. And more times than uh, we would uh, want to uh, admit to, um, our anger pierces those closest to us. Loved ones who are innocent and clueless as to what caused us to uh, detonate in their presence. We just blow up in their presence. And, and we will do this around those that are closest to us. And a heart filled with anger is a heart looking to pay, be paid back. And uh, that's why this, the title of this is just that. A heart looking for payback. A heart filled with anger is a heart looking to be paid back. And unfortunately, in most cases, it is our unsuspecting friends and family who are made to pay the price. So again, a heart filled with anger is a heart looking to pay, be paid back. Guilt says, I owe you. Anger says, you owe me. Okay, see you next time.